Welcome to the Fat Stacks Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Ezoic. If you're using AdSense and you're pretty disappointed with your display ad revenue, why not give Ezoic a try? They do a lot of pretty cool split testing and use many different header bidding ad networks and sources. They just might be the solution you're looking for. All right, today I want to talk about how outsourcing content is a disaster waiting to happen if you don't do this, all right? I've been outsourcing content for quite some time. I still actually write some content, but I've been outsourcing for a few years now. And it definitely is a solution to wanting to scale your publishing business. For instance, if you want to start additional websites or if you want to rapidly grow your current site, especially if it's a niche site style model, outsourcing is probably something you don't have a choice but to do, and so you need to do it right. Now, over the years, very little that bothers me as much as paying for content and getting it back and it being total garbage. And, and here's what happens. I either waste way too much time fixing it, or I spend way too much time sending revision instructions, or I scrap it all together. And, and I've done all of that, and it's a huge time suck. And so a big goal of mine over the last year or two has been working on eliminating all of those problems and getting good content out of the gates. Now, I haven't, I haven't perfected it. Anytime you outsource, mistakes will be made. It's just the nature of the beast. But I'm trying to get that, get that uh, down as low as possible. All right, so let's first outline the problems of outsourcing. And one of the biggest ones is, and this doesn't matter who you hire, this, this problem exists, and there's an inherent conflict of interest, right? Okay, so most writing agencies will charge by the word. And the problem with this is, is the writers have way too strong of an incentive to write as quickly as possible. You, you pay them for the thousand words, they want to hit that thousand as quickly as possible, move on to the next, because that's how they make more money. The shorter time they do it, the more they make per hour, right? The other problem is if you go the opposite payment route per hour, is they may end up taking way too long to write the article, and they'll suggest, well, it, it took me seven hours because it had to get it just right. Meanwhile, you're thinking, well, I really only wanted to pay for three hours, and so you end up paying way more for the article than you hoped for. So in the one conflict, you end up with garbage content. On the other conflict, you end up paying way too much for the content you get. The other problem with outsourcing is training writers can be soul-crushing training anyone is a process and I have trained a lot of VAs and I have trained a lot of writers and I have sent in a lot of writing instructions over the years. It's not the type of work I like doing but when I when I do it I tell myself this is worth it in the long run because it's going to save me a lot of time in the long run and and overall it has but training is not a lot of fun so I know a lot of people are just like oh, I just I'm not going to outsource because I just couldn't be bothered to train people at this time. And I get it because you're busy and you've got things to do. And the last thing you think that you want to do is take a day or two off and train because it seems like a step back. But it really is many steps forward. Another problem I've, I've had from content over the years, it's not necessarily that it's bad. It's not that it's badly researched. But it just lacks personality. I, I would say this is my biggest beef with content lately. I'm starting to get 
a lot more discerning about what I want to publish. And my instruction templates to all my writers, whether it's an agency, in-house, or freelance, is I want you to inject personality into this. I started doing it on fat stacks, and I I, I think I've done a pretty good job. There's room for improvement, of course, but try to just be a little bit more me. Try to to add a little bit of humor and a little bit of self-deprecation and just jazz it up a little bit with personality. And you don't have to have a particular type of personality. It's just nice to read something that has some personality. That's what I tell these writers. I say, inject it with personality. I want it fun. It still needs to be informative. You still need to cover the topic, but have fun with it. Be enthusiastic. Be humorous. Be personable. This is what takes the articles to the next level. And anybody can do this, right? Anybody who writes can do this if they just give it a shot. And so that's what I ask for. That's what I demand. And I will send revisions back if it lacks it. And I tell them up front. I say, listen, if this is just going to be dry, boring article, I can get that from anywhere. But I'm paying you extra. I don't say this part, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm paying you more than I could with other agencies because I expect the personality, expect some fun, some humor, take the extra time to put that in because it makes all the difference in the world. Overall, outsourcing can compromise site quality, but on the flip side, it can actually make your site way better. It depends how much you're going to pay. It depends how lucky you've been hiring good writers. Uh, I have I have found some tremendous writers over the years, and I work with them, and they've helped my site. They write way better than I do, but I've also published stuff from uh, outsourcing agencies that I probably shouldn't have. So. Uh, it it kind of depends on how you vet it, how much you pay, who you hire, and so on and so forth. The goal, I think, with outsourcing is to make your site better as well as to grow it, to scale. I mean, scaling is the first and foremost thought. It's like, how can I grow this faster? But I think what often gets missed out in this thinking is, how can I also make it better? And you can make your site better if you outsource. You just have to hire the right people. All right, this is a, the next problem with outsourcing is an interesting observation on my part. And I don't know, I haven't read that about this from other people, but when you outsource and delegate most of the work for a particular site, for me it develops apathy. It's like I'm, I'm no longer really that hands-on with the site. And so I just sort of like stop thinking about it and I almost stop caring as long as it's still earning it's sort of like all right well I just don't want to deal with it just don't bother with me just just keep it going just let it let it go I, I don't really want to spend time looking at because I because I end up turning my attention to something else and I and it becomes uh, something I'm focused on and I don't want to get distracted with something that I used to put a lot of time and effort into uh, so you basically develop apathy for a particular site and and the one way I have actually figured out how to both outsource but avoid the apathy because apathy like that is not very good actually right what happens is is in the long run more mistakes are made they're not fixed quality goes down you you fail to take advantage of opportunities you're not optimizing revenue just important things that need to be handled on a regular basis just don't get done and I've noticed it so you avoid the apathy like this 
basically get involved at some level of the entire process. And, and that's where I'm at right now. I am involved at the level of ordering content and approving content. I don't put it on the site. I also will look at it on the site, but I don't actually do anything beyond that. And so I can, I can, I can dispense with a new site within maybe an hour or two, sometimes a little bit more, any given day. So I'm involved, but it's not completely taking my entire day out. The other thing you must keep in mind with content, and this is a bigger problem with outsourcing because you're spending money up front, is the profit takes a long time to materialize. You're not going to see the money for a while, right? Now, if, if I knew I was going to make 30, 300 bucks, for instance, in the first 30 days that I published an article, and then I, that article would earn 300 like clockwork every month, I'd happily pay 300. I'd probably happily pay 600 per article, right? But that's not really how it works because ranking content can take some time. It may take three months, it may take six months. In some cases, it may take 12 months. And so you don't really get the return for some time. And so you you have it's not like you can just shovel every nickel you got into a site because you have to wait a while until it comes back, right? So there's this cash flow problem, but once your site starts earning revenue regularly, then you can subsidize the new content with the existing revenue, and and that's how you build it up. I mean, that's the great thing about niche sites is is you earn money from work you did. A year or two ago. So I want to next address the solutions to these content outsourcing problems. All right, there there are several solutions. The first is, and I I constantly say this, is try and use multiple outsourcing uh, services and sources. All right, I have used dozens of, of content sources over the years. I've hired in-house, I've hired locally, I've hired at universities, I've hired, I don't know how many from writing agencies, uh, how many freelancers. I mean, constantly trying new things. And as a result, I've been able to really sort of hone what's working and what's not working for me. And so I really recommend that you, you try to do the same. Now, if you end up at an outfit and it's the relationship's great, and the price is right, and the content quality is exactly what you need, and it's working, and everything's growing. Don't upset that process. But if things just if there if there seems to be a cog in the wheel somewhere, try other options. I, I I read from a lot of people who are in this business that they swear by just hiring in house, and they won't use agencies. I get that. I can see how. The agencies are frustrating, and it is. And and the thought that you know what twenty five or thirty five or whatever percent goes to the agency and not the writer, it seems like a big inefficiency, right? Like, you know, you could you could hire in house directly, pay less because the writer is getting everything. So there are strong arguments for that. And I did I do hire in house, and I have one right now, and it's going really well. And I could totally see the value of that. But I also do like using writing agencies. I like the volume that they can kick out very, very quickly. I own multiple sites, and sometimes I'll just go on an article ordering spree, and I just want to just get a ton of content back inside a week or two, and they're able to do that. So there's pros and cons with all the different options. But the solution is, is try different sources, try different rates of pay, try different methods of how you pay, 
even consider locally. Like today, I placed an ad on Craigslist, and I'm meeting with a prospective writer next week. And uh, they're local because I want to be able to get products to them and discuss. It's going to be more of a complex type of writing assignment. And so I wanted to do it local, and it was amazing. I posted the ad, and within an hour, I had this application and fit all the all the uh, check boxes I was looking for. So even locally can work out really well, and the rate's quite good. You need to adjust your expectations, and you do need to be realistic when you hire. Like seriously, if you're going to pay, I think text broker charges 0.027 cents per word, which is really low. That you have to be realistic. You can't expect a PhD thesis to come back. Uh, and you know, even when I mean, that's just the way it is. You're only paying so much, and text brokers taking a chunk of that, right? I actually have to say, for for that rate, the content's pretty good on text broker. I'll I'll order some very simple stuff that I need fairly quickly there. But generally speaking, in my experience, you're probably going to be much better off ordering in the point. Well, four cents per word minimum. I kind of like the six to eight cent mark. That's kind of a sweet spot. You're going to get some really good research and, and decent quality writing. You can command personality and humor at the six to eight cent U.S. per word rate. All right? If you hire if you if you hire in house directly, like on the pro blog pro pro blogger job board. And you advertise that you're willing to pay six cents, you can get a lot of applicants, and, you, and some of them are going to be very, very good because all the money's going directly, and then I'm not sharing it with uh, with a writing agency. So just be realistic. Choose the best publishing model for you. Um, I mean, I think most most people in this game ultimately want to outsource everything. I would suspect uh, you, you have two types really. You have the personal blog where, you, like, basically, well, not really personal, but the blog where you're the writer. The things your personality, most of it's you. It's kind of like fat stacks. Most of the stuff that gets published here is me. I write it. It's it's my personality, uh, my brand, and all that. Uh, so you can definitely run that type of site and be a great site. It's a fun site, but. If you want to really blow up and expand sort of more of a, a niche-type site business, you have to outsource. So that's just the way it is. One way to really help your outsourcing out big time is to invest time into content briefs or, or ordering templates or whatever it is you want to call them uh, when you order content. Uh, you, I, I used to be <laughs> ridiculously short with no detail and not much direction. And then I would end up with something back that was completely different than I had envisioned in my head. And, of course, I'm fuming because I just dropped 100 and change on an article that is totally useless to me. But it's really my fault because I didn't take the time up front to properly instruct a writer. Writers are not mind readers. <laughs> They need instruction. They want instruction. They want to know what to do because they don't want to waste their time. They, writers actually really want their clients to be happy. I mean, a, a freelancer that's been around and they're in it for the long haul and they want to carve out a career, they want happy clients. They really do. They're not trying to fleece anyone. They really want to do a good job. They're genuine people. They're very nice people. Um, I, I enjoy working with them. And so they want instruction. And so there, there is a balance between, you know, giving them a five page detailed instruction brief versus maybe one page. It depends on the complexity of the assignment. If you're ordering a, a, an ebook, you probably want to put together a very comprehensive instruction 
brief, but if you're ordering a 2,000 word article, I don't think five page brief is necessary. So, you know, you gotta, I, I try to provide just enough so that they know exactly what to do without like giving them so much instruction that they're not actually going to read it. I want them to read it too, right? Like if I were freelancing and some, some guy sent me and it's, it's for a hundred dollar article, I'm going to get a hundred bucks for this article. And the guy sends me a seven page brief. Uh, I'm probably not that inclined to read every word of it. And I wouldn't blame anyone who wouldn't if I sent it to him. And I can tell you this, I wouldn't pick up any work from, from that publisher ever again because the last thing I want are these seven-page instructions. So there's a balance. But the point is, make sure your instructions are decent. Make sure they're sufficiently detailed so they actually know what to do. Providing an outline can be really good. It's good. That takes a little bit of time. But if you provide a brief outline of the main topics to hit within the article, usually our writers can pick it up from there and hit the road running. Uh, it also helps to build up a uh, favorites list inside a writing agency. That takes time. Uh, but whenever a writer submits something and you really like what they've done, just add them to your favorites list. In writer access, they call it a love list or a like list, and then text broker has a thing. But whatever, they're, they're your favorite writers. And... At some point, you're going to end up with 20 or 30 of these folks who have proven themselves to you. And then you can just send the, the instructions to them. And they get more and more familiar with your work. And you, you, at some point, you probably don't even have to give them a brief. You just send them a topic, and they'll know exactly what to do. And that, that's a pretty sweet situation to get in. So outsourcing is not without its problems. It's probably something you will have to do if you really want to grow a publishing business. And there are solutions to the problems. But at the end of the day, you need to be involved unless you are willing to hire a very high price manager to run everything, uh, a professional, a true professional who could actually run sites. But that probably would take quite some time. Until then, stay involved and really focus on the content. The content's going to make all the difference. Thanks for listening.